give me a moment's peace and take out the trash. We pay taxes for people to come and take the garbage. Hey, listen, Greeny, no more sneaking rides to the junkyard. Yeah, man, take a taxi when you want to go to the junkyard. Hello and welcome to Hot Trash Unlimited, the show where me, Joe, and me, Caleb, and our guest, Danny Vincent. Yeah, he's here. Go to the cinema, or in this case, our living room couch, in search of movies that could or could not be hot trash. Caleb, or no, I'll pass it off to Danny. Danny, since you're the guest, what did we see this week? We watched Chippendale, Rescue Rangers, Chippendale. I've never watched the show, so I don't know the song. I'm remembering the Post Malone. A message on my landline. I don't like that. I know you're still mad about Rescue Rangers getting canceled, but I just got a call from the police, and I need your help. I searched the perimeter. No clues. Why would there be six missing tunes in a month and not one clue? Oh, no! Chip! Dale, you look different. It's no secret I had the CGI surgery. What's been up with you? You know, this, that, other vague things to fill the space of this conversation. Cool. Am I the only person that's watched the show? <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it. Okay, and I've only ever seen two episodes on VHS on a repeat. Wow. Look at you, Kiki Lane. Yeah, yeah it's me. <laughs> Caleb, give us the rundown. Give us the down double of this movie. This takes place in a universe where Chip and Dale are actors on the original Chip and Dale show. Are they chipmunks? Are they squirrels? What are they? They're chipmunks. They're rodents. Yeah, chipmunks. And they break up. Uh, their show gets canceled. One of them become like gets a 3D surgery. And then just tries to resurrect their career. And the other one, voiced by John Mulaney, uh, becomes an insurance agent. But then they have to team up together when a diabolical plot uh, raises its head in the seedy underbelly of Hollywood animation. That's Chip and Dale. That, yeah, that's a pretty apt synopsis of it. So of the, of the three people in, the, in this in this podcast right around the movie who was looking forward to this because i was i was very much looking forward to it because i knew the lonely island was behind it like it has the same director of pop star and you guys want to know why i asked a guest on this episode sure caleb's aware of this i used to play this game where you kind of write out a movie and you then the other people playing it peer review the movie you simulate the box office and it's just something you know it's just like a weird like make your own year of movies type of thing you put out a studio okay and the one legacy sequel I was always trying to crack but never could was Roger Rabbit 2. I always was trying to crack the idea of a Roger Rabbit movie that addressed like how animation has changed over the years. Yeah. But I just couldn't do it. So when I saw the trailer for this, I said, oh, okay, these guys are going to try to do what I've always tried to do. Uh, I got excited for it off of that alone. Uh, but I also was well aware that I'm like, I didn't really think the trailers actually looked that great outside of the premise of the movie. Yeah. So I was like, I'm curious how this will turn out. Danny, going off that, I have had that with a couple other movies before where like, I really like the premise or an idea of the movie. I feel like the movies always let me down. There's this Ron Perlman comedy called Moonwalkers that's about the faking, uh, Stanley Kubrick's faking of the moon landing. Isn't Stanley Tucci in that movie? Ah, uh, maybe. Okay, I, I'm sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I think he. Is. I yeah, I know what movie you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very disappointing movie, but I think the premise is really good. So, did you have any concern about that going into this, where it's like, oh, this is a really good premise. I hope they don't mess it up. I would say my fear was more. Um, well, to to cut to the chase on what my take on this movie is, I think 
it is really good when it's making jokes about animation, but when it's making jokes about reboots, it's kind of whatever. Yeah. And I think it gets too hung up on the idea of how Dale looks like an Alvin the Chipmunks character. Like, when it's about animation, I really enjoy it. And that's what I wanted more of. And I also made the mistake of watching Who Framed Roger Rabbit like three weeks before I watched this, uh, which just makes this look terrible. <laughs> like, but I feel like that's true of Roger Rabbit in pretty much most movies, honestly. I think Roger Rabbit's like maybe a top 30 movie of all time. Really like one of the best blockbusters ever made. But your question was, uh, I'm sorry, can you rephrase your question to me? Or did I already answer it? <laughs> yeah, no, I think, I think you got around to it. It's just I feel like when you have an idea and a movie comes along and does that idea, it puts the movie in kind of an awkward position. Well, the thing was, I could never crack the idea. I just knew what I wanted to be. A, like, I wanted to be about like, oh, CGI is here. It's putting these old tunes out of business. And a lot of the stuff in this movie were similar ideas to what I had, like CGI uh, surgery. I didn't have that word for it. But like, yeah, that's something that makes sense. Because, you know, like Mickey Mouse Clubhouse was the thing for Mickey Mouse at the time I was working on this idea, right? Mm-hmm. Or like right now, and I'm surprised they didn't acknowledge it in this, is how like Mickey Mouse has in those like cheap, not cheap, because they're actually quite funny. Those short films on like Disney Channel that are on Disney Plus too, and he's in a different art style. And it's acknowledged in this, but not with Mickey Mouse. But anyway, all those ideas, putting that into a Roger Rabbit world would be really cool. But the issue was always cracking a story that'd be interesting enough for it. And... I don't think the story here is that interesting. No, the story's pretty weak, but also, like, I wasn't going into this, like, expecting a groundbreaking story or anything. Oh, yeah, no, I wasn't either. But, like, Roger Rabbit, in comparison, like, it's not really a great story either, but it's compelling enough and has enough good characters for it to work. I'd say my issue with the story here is that... Talk about the elephant in the room. I'm sorry, I'm jumping to all the points already. Uh, with the cameos, is that I don't really have an issue with the IP cameos here. I don't really feel like it markets Disney Plus that much because they're all from so many different like companies. Yeah, I agree a lot on that. Like This would have felt way more like... I never saw Space Jam A New Legacy. Yeah, I didn't either. I skipped it. I kind of refuse to because it's like just WB like, oh, look at all our properties. Yeah, exactly. Kind of thing. And this, and this like, yeah, it has Disney properties in it, but it also like they got permission to use a lot of other stuff to where it more felt like an animation kind of love letter than it did a look at all the Disney things. Exactly. No, I agree. However, the issue there is that even though I think it's funny, um, the idea that the villain of this movie is someone who wants to remove Disney IP from them does to me make this feel like a very like, I don't know. I'm probably reading too deep into the film because I don't think the Lonely Island had any of that in mind when they were making this movie. But it's like the message of this movie is, hey, don't make bootlegs, right? Yeah, but it's a funny message. Like I can't. I'm not really mad at it, but it's like once once you start thinking about it, it's like oh, all right, whatever. Especially since it's one of the characters that Disney doesn't have a lock on. Like there are other iconic interpretations of Peter Pan, exactly. unlike some of their other characters. And it's really weird because also they have a Peter Pan movie that will probably come out on Disney Plus this Christmas that they're like putting Peter Pan on ice here or whatever. But I don't really, again, I don't really care. Like, it's like, that's fun. But like, it's even weirder and darker when you know, like the history of the voice actor who was Peter Pan originally. Yeah. Like, do you, do you know about that stuff, Caleb? I know. I'm figured Danny does. I, I, yeah. I heard about it on discourse, but Caleb. Maybe. I mean, there are so many stories of child actors who were kind of screwed that they all blew uh, together. So, so but... this, it was like the same thing where he like started getting acne and like Disney kind of like wouldn't hire him again. But like he was like sticking around trying to get jobs other places. Then he got like addicted to heroin and died. It's pretty sad. Yeah. Again, I don't want to like I don't want to give Disney credit. But again, I like I saw this discourse rising up everywhere, and I just 
I really doubt the Lonely Island and the people involved with the writing of this movie knew about that. Yeah, it, it doesn't seem like that. That'd be a weird, like, point to do. It just feels like a joke, like, the boy who couldn't grow up had to grow up. Like, you know, that yeah. is the, the joke of it. I, like, I, I get the discomfort on it. I just, I, I will chalk it up to they probably were just ignorant because it is kind of a simple joke. But yeah, I don't know. I thought this movie was fun. I think a little dull at points, personally. But whatever. At the third act, I was just kind of snoozing during, honestly. But there are a couple really good jokes here. Fun cameos. I would be open to a sequel. Hopefully. Not hopefully, but like, I don't know. Like, it'd be fun. I, this is this is weird for me because I'm used to having Caleb in front of me so I can judge his body language. And I know Caleb did not have a good time with this movie. So I'm just imagining him seething in his chair. <laughs> like, no, everything no. that we're thinking about, that we're talking about this movie. No, I I don't I'm not seething because like I think it's a bad movie. I don't hold anything against it though because there's nothing to hold against it. It's like it's such a nothing movie. You've hyped up you ha- that you have a rant. Oh, yeah, just in general, I think one of the reasons I didn't connect to this movie, probably what kind of took away any enjoyment from some admittedly clever jokes is that my interest in seeing movies where a bunch of different characters from different uh properties come together was satiated with the lego movie in 2010 or whenever that came out so come on come on i have whatever the point is high school sorry go on sorry the point is when that happened i was like okay cool and i haven't cared since i haven't cared with Ready Player One or with uh, Space Jam New Legacy or even if y'all can come up with a good version of this happening, which I'm I mean, I'm Frank Roger to. Rabbit is a thing. Oh, yeah. I've never seen it. And also that came, out, that came out in 89. So like, I feel like that'd be a different beast. But I feel that like it's great. That movie's, as I said, top 20 ma- uh, blockbuster of all time to me. I feel like none of these movies really have like that interesting of a hook around it even in the lego movie it's just like kind of a one-off joke for a scene it just kind of always turns into this boring it's like oh how did they get this ip property when you're talking about the ip of a character in a movie that automatically means that the movie didn't do anything interesting it didn't give you anything else interesting to talk about i don't feel like this movie was like resting on its laurels of like oh, look at all these ips we've gathered like that felt more like flavor text to everything or like funny cameos because a lot of the stuff that are like main characters of the movie they're not like other ips it's the chip and dale cast peter pan's like the outlier there and then like you know the and coca-cola then, bear which isn't actually the coca-cola bear but it's like trying to be i read an interview with the director he said some of the cameos we wanted even from disney were turned down i think the most obvious one of that is uh the Muppet character that is not the Swedish chef. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like that is very obvious. Like we want the Swedish chef, but they would not let us let him talk. Not Swedish, which I'm fine with. I don't think that that's fine. But like, even that's like, you know, that's not a real Muppet. You know what I mean? The biggest cameo in this is ugly Sonic. Really? Ugly Sonic's hilarious. The first time you see him, you're like, Oh my God. Yeah, I agree. But I don't like, I work with children. And I just remember the Monday after this movie came out, people were saying, uh, kids saying like, man, you got to watch this as Ugly Sonic. I was like, children should not know about Ugly Sonic. (laughs) (laughs) They don't don't need to know about that. That should be lost to time. (laughs) I think the only like really good IP joke in this to me is the Seth Rogen gag, which had me laughing hysterically just because it opens up that great can of worms and they don't really ever acknowledge it that like, you know, voice actors repeat. I don't know. I That gag I love. Yeah, no, it's a funny gag. The actual best part of this movie is J.K. Simmons. 
uh, um, Officer Gumby. Putty. Yeah, he's he's great. My actual critique of the film, uh, which I actually haven't got to yet, is that I think that the one human character is terrible. Oh, she is absolutely awful. And really, like, either rewrite that character or split up Chip and Dale in the third act so they can just have those scenes separately. Because I, I do think the scene where she's fighting the Putty is fantastic. That is the coolest visual effect in the whole movie. I think she just didn't really know how to work with not real things that she's having to talk to, probably. Or maybe, like, the stand-ins that they had there weren't that good, or... Uh, I, I would say that, but I also would say the script gives her absolutely nothing to work with. <laughs> so, that, too, that, too. But her being just a nothingness sucked the whole movie dry. Um, but I don't know. Like, I thought it was fun, but I was definitely... I'd say, if overall, it was perfectly adequate, and as such, it was kind of disappointing to me. I had a fun time with it. And you're right. There's definitely moments where it just kind of dragged overall. I think it was interesting enough being able to see this stuff come together and like it not being like an excuse to show off IPs, but like kind of just poke fun at animation as a whole and how it's changed and like try to have not necessarily a meaningful conversation about it, but like, I don't know, have some kind of discourse over like animation in the past 20 years. No. Yeah. And I like that the movie like acknowledged like, okay. The Batman versus E.T. gag is funny. Yeah. But, like, it has nothing to do with animation, you know? True. It has to do with, like, Hollywood's dying, and it's like, we have to do all these reboots. And it's like, okay, but, like, I wasn't into that meta stuff. I was into, like, oh, he's working the uh, animation con circus with Ugly Sonic. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, this is incredibly annoying. I am well aware of the thing I'm about to say is the most cinema cinema thing I've ever said on a podcast. Just oh saying quite a bit, knowing everything I've said on a podcast, but it's a plot point in the sense that Baloo is, he is the CGI surgery version of Baloo, and so is Pumbaa, right? Yeah. But we know Disney is working on a live-action Little Mermaid, and Flounder is kidnapped, and he's still a cartoon character. And Lumiere is in this movie, and he's still a cartoon character. <sighs> That's pretty cinema sensey, <laughs> you're right. But look, look! Literally, Lumiere is in the scene where Live Action Blue walks in. Why don't we yeah, acknowledge this? <laughs> yeah, you're you're right. Uh, <laughs> this takes place in a in a in a bucket where or a yeah, semi dimension where I'm well aware it hadn't. doesn't yeah. matter. But it's just like, oh my gosh. <laughs> that also like is a thing where Chippendale did not get their start on the Chippendale show. Like yes. they were enemies of Pluto. Like it that's stuff that's I'm like. I'm sure Chippendale are in Roger Rabbit. I'm pretty sure they're in it. They might be. Yeah, and that's the thing where it's like, well, are, are we technically adhering to Disney canon? No, we're just doing jokes. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, I'm not actually mad about it, but it's just like, come on. But also, I don't really care. I thought it was fun. Was it as good as my version of the movie? Probably not, because I never wrote my <laughs> version of the movie. I just knew I wanted to like write a lead character for Amy Adams, because Amy Adams should be in everything. Woman in the Window 2. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> two windows, two furious. She'll be in Disenchanted this year, so hopefully that's yeah, that, a better. That, that's, uh, that's not looking great from the screenshots. <laughs> there's two screenshots out, <laughs> and it looks really cheap. It's Disney Plus, and it's not designed for theaters first. So uh, okay, well, I got something jumping off that a little bit. I assume both of you noticed that Chip was not actually 2D; he was a 3D model. Yeah, yeah. disappointing. I, I mean, kind of. It never, like, threw me off. There were only a couple moments where, like, they were doing a weird rotoscoping thing. Fit in for the most part. And I get it's cheaper to do that than to, like, this would have been a nightmare if they were having a hand-draw chip in for every scene. I would be okay with this if... It, okay, I'm okay with this because it's on streaming. If it was in theaters, I would have been really annoyed by it, you know? 
Yeah. That that makes sense. Like, because I, I saw, I remember, and you guys covered this on the podcast. I saw Tom and Jerry in theaters for some reason. Oh, oh dear God. God. It, it just looked, I saw it in Dolby. Because there was <laughs> nothing God, else why? in Dolby. Because <laughs> I have Alice, so it's free. But, oh, okay. But it did not look good. And that's what this animation looks like. I do think, like, Gumby, I know that's not his name, Officer Putty, but he looks so good. Like, I was always in fascination, like, fascinated by his animation. I was just fascinated by how funny he was. He was, I was laughing every time he did something. Yeah, J.K. Simmons is also, like, by far the person here giving their most effort into voice acting, too. Yeah. (laughs) So, I guess we, I guess we can get into that. I like John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are funny, but, like, they're also trying to do, like, these emotional points in the movie. John Mulaney's voice especially does not lend itself to that. I'm always reminded, like, he has that moment, I think, in Spider-Verse where he's supposed to be very serious and you, like, whatever like you know it's like okay yeah he just sounds sarcastic i feel like the story would have been served or the movie would have been served better if they had swapped roles i feel like andy sandberg could have made chip land a little bit more that's an interesting point i could see that john mulaney's just such a showman that i can buy a character voiced by him going on the con circuit and stuff yeah i i could agree with that I think, though, in general, the script would be better served if we just cut all the emotional stuff. Yeah, it definitely would. I've seen Popstar. I haven't seen Hot Rod, but my impression of that is that it's like Popstar in the sense where it doesn't care for emotional bits. No, Hot Rod's jokes like the entire way through. And like there's emotion in quotation marks, but it's it's played for jokes. It's not played for emotion. Yeah. So I think this movie would be way better dropping all. It should just be jokes 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 any attempt for me to care for chip and dale totally fails again that's kind of where like that third act i'm kind of like bored by it there's so many like stock jokes in this movie too which feel kind of disappointing but then some of them it lands like the joke at the end with um him saying he thought they were talking about thai food that's funny to me there's good jokes in here and then it, it feels like there's some like mandated jokes like like when they when they the final joke of the movie being like everybody just wants the theme song but it's played by a pop artist and it's somber and then like they do that i hated that yeah it's like i get that it's like this thing where nowadays like you can wink i can't think of another example off the top of my head but like you know you i think actually because you guys didn't say this with ip stuff you didn't or maybe you did wreck it ralph too i never oh, saw oh yeah yeah, yeah uh, they do kind of that same thing where I think the princesses say something where it's like, oh, well, we definitely shouldn't do this. And then they immediately do that, you know, and it's just like, I don't like and it's just a stupid thing to say about this movie. because I'm saying this movie should be very anarchic, but the only people who can ever land those jokes are Phil Lord and Chris Miller. And in, in like the Lego movies and the Jump Street movies do jokes like that. And I generally laugh at that. But any other time people do, it just feels very cynical. And I think this movie can be anarchic and sincere. If that makes sense. And I feel like any attempt to try to wring emotion from me feels forced because I don't buy emotion from John Mulaney and Andy Samberg. Do you think this movie would have been stronger if they had same voice cast, largely the same plot, but they were original characters instead of Chippendale? I'm unsure. I don't know. I think it being Chippendale works in theory just because I think there's an inherent joke of that that to me works, which is oh, the chipmunk voice is just their acting voice, you know? I think that gives you something that other stuff wouldn't give you. I don't know, because the thing is, I have no connection to Chippendale Rescue Rangers in the show. I get the idea of, like, we're making these jokes about they want to do a reboot. Again, this is just me being nitpicky, but I I think you're kind of right. Because I don't think my nitpicks... I I don't know, Caleb. That's it. I really don't know, because a lot of my nitpicks come from also the fact that this doesn't acknowledge that the DuckTales reboot was a thing. But I didn't even watch the DuckTales reboot, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, 
but it's weird to be like, oh, no one's hiring us anymore when, like, I know for a fact that the, the people in charge of the DuckTales reboot were told, you can't use Chip and Dale as a camera in your show because John Mulaney and Andy Samberg are doing a movie with them. And then at the end of this, Darkwing Duck comes in complaining yeah. about how he won't get a show, and that appearance is just a basically an announcement for the show he's getting. Yeah, but it's weird, too, because isn't the show he's getting from the people who... Oh, wait, no, Seth Rogen's working on the show, isn't he? I have no idea. I thought it was worth the same team maybe as DuckTales. I know he appeared on DuckTales a lot, so that's the thing, too. It's like, he's like, I don't yes, have any appearance, did. but, like, you're in the DuckTales reboot, and I don't know the DuckTales reboot, but the kids watching this this movie probably have watched the DuckTales reboot. You know, it was pretty popular among kids. Well, I think that's where the movie's kind of failing, because it's, I enjoyed it for the most part, but, like we've said, it's being torn in, like, three different directions of, Jokes about animation in general, jokes about reboots, and then like trying to be a heartfelt kids movie at the same time. Yeah. And it is like bathed in this, like it's got John Mulaney, who's just an extremely cynical comedian as like, you know, half of your cast or half of your main duo. So these heartfelt moments are coming across more cynical and less heartfelt. I mean, I think that's the movie's main problem. Let's be real here. Any acting role John Mulaney has, you should probably just hire Bill Hader to do it. Uh, you'll get a better performance out of it. Because that's what just came to mind is that I was thinking like, what have I seen Andy Samberg in where he's like a good voice actor? And I was thinking kind of a chance of meatballs. I'm like, if it was Bill Hader, I think it wouldn't have that cynical edge to it that it, I don't think it needs. I mean, like the writing can be exactly the same. It's just that John Mulaney inherently brings that cynical edge to it. Yeah. You know, even in like Spider-Verse, I feel like, which I love. Great, great movie, great role for him. And the cynicalness works there because it, it brings something weird to it. I also, I didn't drop this hot take is, but you know, who, uh, Tim Robinson, good choice for Ugly Sonic. But you know who my top three choices for Ugly Sonic would have been? Who? So number one, th- these are in order of them they came to mind. My first thought was, have you guys ever seen the special on Netflix, Oh Hello? Yeah, no. yeah. You want so Nick, Nick Kroll? Kroll? Nick Kroll's Oh Hello voice. For that would be great. Sonic. Yeah, that'd be great. The other good choice is Ben Schwartz. <laughs> Just getting him in to do it. <laughs> just having it be the same voice as Sonic. But the actual best choice is, um, and he's dead, so I get why, obviously, you can't really bring him in because he's dead. Ah, that but, doesn't mean anything to Disney nowadays. Yeah, that's true. They won't stop Disney. Get Larry King. Have you guys ever seen the clip of Larry King doing his Sonic voice? <laughs> no, but that sounds amazing. <laughs> it's incredible. Hedgehogs are interesting, though, aren't they? I can't wait to see where this goes. What kind of voice does he have? I can't say it yet. They're not letting me talk. It's very secret. This is a very secret. Uh, why if do they were, do this? If you wanted to be, if you wanted to be Sonic, tell me what do you think a hedgehog would sound like? I have no idea. I gotta I, hear I, it, Larry. You gotta it. take a leap. This how is your hundred fiftieth episode. How, how, how long? That's great. Long. I'm just a hedgehog. That's no one. No one cares about me. Okay. And Larry King did some voice acting. He would have been perfect as Ugly Sonic. R.I.P. Larry King. If only he was still around to be Ugly Sonic. R.I.P. That lecherous man. So so what what's what's the verdict? Is it hot trash? No, it's just bad. Oh, Caleb, you break me. Well, I I think it's fine. I don't think it I don't I think it would not be defined as hot trash because I think where it's good is what it's trying to be good at. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I yeah. don't think it's hot I think, trash. I liked it a lot coming off of it, but like, you know, talking about it, there are a lot of problems with it, but like I think it's just a good movie to have a fun time with. I would say yeah, it's a fine movie. Yeah, it's it's not hot trash. It's not <laughs> <laughs> And it's not bad, Caleb. We get a spectrum of opinions on here. And uh We all know, you know. that Caleb stood up and started cheering when he saw uh the Jellicles. 
<laughs> no, because that's the other thing is I do think this was all the good jokes were spoiled in the trailer, with the exception of the Lego Miserable uh, poster. That <laughs> that's was a great, great one. The Seth Rogen joke was not in the trailer, but it was only Pumbaa. So when it happened in the movie, I started laughing hysterically because I had no idea that the other ones were going to come in. That got me ripped so much because I was like, oh, my God, Seth Rogen has been in so many animated movies. <laughs> it makes sense. He has a very distinctive voice. Yeah. I just remember the first trailer making me laugh hysterically at the, just the shot of the Beowulf character doing a Seth Rogen laugh. That was like, to me, the funniest thing. The Uncanny Valley is a good setting, too. Yeah, it's a good yeah, it's a good choice to be like we're going to Uncanny Valley. All right, you want to close us out, Caleb? Yeah, uh, let's start off with Danny telling all the listeners where they can find you. Hi, I'm Danny. You can find me on Letterbox at Blankman's if you want my takes on movies. But more importantly, you can find my other two, three podcasts. I sorry, because Caleb's here. I He's forget. coming for you, Caleb, with all the podcasts. Yeah, well, I, I forgot. I was only saying two because I'm here with Caleb, so I thought I was on my other show. One of them is Snub Club with Caleb and another friend of ours, Sarah. Uh, that's the Film History Podcast. I do Wise with Ty and Dan. We talk about Marvel movies there. And I have a new podcast called Looking for the Ocean, a Pixar Journey, where we're trying to watch every single thing Pixar has put out. Except for the things that you're not watching. Like what? Star Trek 2, the sequence where they show CGI, young Sherlock Holmes, those don't count. Those are just visual effects. That's ILM. <laughs> Definitely go check those out, uh, especially if you like hearing Danny talk about animation, then looking for the ocean is the show for you. Me and Joe are about to head into another mini series of episodes, but you'll have to tune in next time to find out exactly what we're covering because me and Joe haven't quite decided yet. <laughs> I was like, because we don't know yet. <laughs> I'm going to interrogate them after this episode. Don't you worry. Yeah, Danny will leak it. Yeah, put it on looking for the ocean. <laughs> Sorry, go on. <laughs> To catch any of our upcoming episodes, definitely be sure to subscribe to us on whatever podcatcher you choose. And if you want to help us find new listeners, you can always rate and review us. Give us those five stars. And if you have any feedback, you can always email us at hottrashunlimited at gmail.com. Danny, any words of wisdom for the listener? I don't know. Uh, always eat your Ovaltine. <laughs>